the West Coast Express versus the Sedin Twins. It's one of the greatest debates in Canucks history, and we're going to settle it today here on Locked On Canucks. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Canucks. My name is Trevor Beggs, Canucks writer and credentialed media member for Daily High Vancouver. And before we dive into the show, we got to thank you for tuning into Locked On Canucks, especially here in August. It's your team, kind of, sort of, not really almost every day. Uh, but no matter whether you're tuning in live, whether you're tuning in two weeks later, go make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. And before we get into the episode as well, I got to tell you, go to birddogs.com slash NHL or enter promo code NHL for a free white tech hat with any order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Okay, coming up on today's episode, we want to go through one of the greatest debates in Canucks history, the West Coast Express line versus the Sedin Sedin Burroughs line, which is the greatest line in Canucks history. We'll also touch on some other great lines as well. I have no idea which way I'm even leaning. We might even, might even find out half of this episode. Who knows? You don't know. I don't know. Does anybody know? Uh, but first and foremost, <laughs> let me introduce my co-host, Kyle. I'm not even sure if he knows what what, what is the greatest line of Canucks history. But uh, what, what do you think, brother? How are you doing today? Well, I think the, the best way to have this conversation, because it, it is so blatantly subjective and also, also, I wouldn't say unrelatable, but hard to ask because of the eras, both these lines dominated in slightly different. So I think the way to have this conversation and the best way to have this conversation is asking who would you have for one game to win you a game? Which line? Cause that's fair. That's fair. Anyways, Kyle Bowen, Trevor Beggs, locked on Canucks, your team almost every day, man, September's coming up, which means we got to go back to full time. And that's, that's something I'm going to be ready for because I'm reading this book right here, okay? It's called 4,000 Weeks. 4,000 Weeks. You may have what? How, how many weeks are in a year? 652. 52. 52. <laughs> I'm going to have 4,000 weeks in a year, okay, after reading this one. Uh, but like I said, I'm Kyle Bound. That's Trevor Beggs. Uh, enough about us. Enough about our lives. Let's talk about you for a couple seconds. We'll get to Comet Corner at the end of the show. We've been talking a lot about fighting. Recently, over the last couple of uh, episodes, uh, we had one suggestion that made me kind of think and made me kind of laugh. We'll get to that at the end of the episode. Hey, speaking of fighting, uh, you know what? I, I was going to say this. I was going to say, oh, one line had it and the other line didn't. You know, the West Coast Express, Bertuzzi versus the Sedins and Burroughs. But, yo, Burroughs was kind of scrappy and kind of scrap scrappy often, for real. So uh, the, the, both these lines had that edge to them. And uh, both these lines were dominant. And I'm curious to see who you would rather have for one game, do or die. Uh, we're talking the worst case scenario, okay? You got to win a hockey game. And if you lose, your family's getting shipped to Ireland, okay? And Ooh. it's just, and you're, and you're banned from Ireland. If you don't know this, Trevor Beggs is banned uh, in Ireland. So it's like worst case scenario. You, you need to win a game. Who are you picking? Yeah, it's such a, such a tough debate. I, and I've, again, I've flip, even as as we prep for this episode, I, I flip-flop back and forth, you know. Uh, just the, the the clinical nature of the Sedin twins, being able to get it done. But I think at their peak, 
I'd probably take the West Coast Express in, oh. in one game if uh, you're going do or die. And, and you know, I I think we we might have talked about this before, and I might have picked the Indians another time. We're not going to worry about that. Uh, whether it's true or not, who knows? Don't go tune into our episodes from two months ago. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going West Coast Express. You know, I, here, here's one crazy stat I pulled from uh, the, the West Coast Express era. So from the seasons 2000, 2001, up until 2003, 2004, Marcus Nazlin led the league over a four-year stretch with 353 points in 313 games. The things that these guys were doing in the dead puck era when no one was scoring was unbelievable. And Tom Bertuzzi also, he's in the top 10. He had 297 points in a 302-game stretch while absolutely running over the competition on a nightly basis. Uh, so, I, I mean, we were blessed through the early 2000s and the late 2000s with the, with the Sedins and the West Coast Express, but... I think one game, do or die, Naslin Bertuzzi at their peak with BMO on that line. I'm taking the West Coast Express. And I'm gonna put you on the point, uh, put you on the spot right away. Why though? Like, like I'm talking about stylistically. Why do you think you'd much rather have that line be the top line on this imaginary team? Like, what, what do you think they did on the ice strategically that would have them uh, winning that competition over Henrik, Daniel, and Burroughs? When he- those three, you know, the triplets, uh, the chemistry was unmatched. So, yeah, I'm, I'm curious because I think I know the answer, but uh, I want you to, to poke at this because I think you're going to help me refresh uh, you know, my memory when it comes to what those three actually did on the ice, West Coast Express, uh, stylistically. So I, I think when we look at the Sedins and, and their cycle game, which was phenomenal, you know, I do think they picked up elements of that from the West Coast Express. I think Ooh. those guys had an influence on what the Sedins actually ended up doing throughout their NHL careers. You know, if you look at old West Coast Express highlights, I mean, Bertuzzi was just an absolute beast on the boards. Uh, Naslin and Morrison were pretty slippery. They were able to get the puck. And I think um, they were just able to find each other on the ice. Um, very much like similar in the way the Sedins do it, except, you know, Henrik and Daniel had this telepathy that was unmatched. But just the way those three players, Brendan Morrison, Todd Bertuzzi, and Marcus Naslin, all worked to find open, open space in the ice. And they all brought a different element to that line as well with kind of BMO being the setup man. Bertuzzi going to the net, Nazlin being the sniper. There's just such great balance. And I think they just, they moved better than most guys at the time too. You know, they were moving, they were grooving, mm-hmm. they were moving the shoulders. Okay. They were getting mm-hmm. it done. Um, you know, again, in a one game scenario, it, yeah. it probably depends on the matchup a little bit too. Um, but Hey, we, we, we got to pick, we got to pick a line here. And I think I know, it's a toss up between the two. And I, I, again, I would just go with the West coast express at their peak. I think they were just doing things at the time that was, so different from anything else that was happening in the, in the NHL. And speaking of different, I, I thought I thought your answer was that line because we're talking about a one-game scenario and out of all six of those players in one game, one game, who's the most dominant? Who's the outlier? It's not Henrik or Daniel. It's Todd Bertuzzi. In one game, he can change a game. He can intimidate and contribute at, I wouldn't say simply, like, again, one game. At a similar level than, than Henrik, Daniel, and Naslin. He's just that damn good when he was that damn good for that time in his career. He was amazing. Like, I feel as if he, he wasn't like the Eric Lindros of our era because he didn't have like the long span. But at, at his peak, and if, you know, things went a little differently, I feel as if we could have seen more for Bertuzzi for at least two or three more years. Like, more 100 point seasons you know more 50 goal seasons he was that dominant 
if he yeah. chose to play the exact same way. But yo, things happen. Things happen. Um, you know, just just driving to work today and understanding that this is what we talk about. I was thinking a lot about you know again the dominance of Henrik Daniel and Burroughs, and there was definitely that feeling, and it was similar to what we got with the West Coast Express. But every time those guys went on the ice for like two or three years, you really thought that they were going to score. They were always generating, but man, there was a really good chance that they were going to score. And I think you have to prioritize uh, the the fact that Henrik and Daniel actually won like real awards, you know, real yeah. awards, like scoring titles and a heart trophy. That's ridiculous. They were dominant, not in the dead puck era. You know, they were the best offensive players in the league when Ovechkin and Crosby were, you know, at one of their first peaks. But, but you know, on, on contrary to that, you know, Naslin and Bertuzzi and Morrison, they were in the dead puck era, but they were playing eight games, six games a year against the other best players in the league. You know, Joe Sackick, Peter Forsberg, Milan yeah. Hayduk. It's it's interesting. We were blessed, man. We were blessed. And maybe you had that answer because in one game, I'm picking the West Coast Express too, which is crazy. It's crazy. Because my, my best years as a Canucks fan were with the Cities and Burroughs. They, they almost took us there. And Burroughs was a big part of that, scoring clutch goals. More clutch than any of the players on the West Coast Express. But in one game, I'm picking the West Coast Express. And hmm. they're the ones that got me you know, got me in love with the Vancouver Canucks. And I'm a loyal dude. You know that. Come on, who else can you throw a Frisbee with? Me and Begsy hung out yesterday. And we did a lot of things. We were jamming to music, just talking about life, getting deep, you know, communicating. Uh, not, uh, a little bit of Canuck talk, but none recorded. You know, we, we were being friends yesterday, throwing the Frisbee. And, and loyalty matters. And if it wasn't for Todd Bertuzzi, Marcus Naslin, or Brendan Morrison, like you said, you know, the same people that taught Henrik and Daniel, you and I would not be friends. You... And I and the listeners will not be here. So I got to be loyal. And in one game, because of Bertuzzi, because of the loyalty, I'm picking the West Coast Express. Hey, let us know in the comments below, who would you pick? You got one game. Your family is on the line. If you lose, if your team loses, your family's getting shipped. You're never seeing them again to the shadow realm, okay? For real, to the other side. I hate to get dark here, but hey, we talking scenarios, baby. Yeah, and I think this is a great debate because, again, I think the question, like you said, Kyle, you phrased it in a great way. What line are you taking to win one game? Because if you look at longevity, it's it's Sedins and Burroughs, right? They were together for no stretch. That was more like six, seven years long instead of the West Coast Express, which was more Dude, And they had better teams. Three they, were on, they were on better teams. Yeah. Like, it's not even stylistically the eras, like, you know, 2002, 2005 versus, you know, uh, 09 or 08 to 2012. Okay, that's cool. Like the, the game was played a little differently, but at the same time, Henrik and Daniel were on better teams, like deeper teams, well managed teams. Whereas the Canucks, you know, uh, they were still good. Don't get me wrong. They had a good team. Brian Burke did his thing with like limited cap space compared to, you know, the Colorados and the Detroits, but the Sidians had it a little easier. Yeah, a little bit. It's still still incredible what they pulled off. Again, we're kind of comparing, you know, two amazing things here. You know, I actually wanted to bring up one quick stat about you know, the Alex Burroughs and the Sedins in their prime. So uh, between 2009-2010 and the 2011-2012 season, at even strength over 205 games, uh, uh, Burroughs and the Sedins scored 132 even strength goals. Holy. And they were only on the ice for 59 even strength wow. goals against. <laughs> Pretty, pretty incredible stuff. I mean, again, I think 
you know, it's, I would argue these are probably two of the best lines of the 21st century, uh, yeah. to be honest, not even just two of the best lines in Canucks history. Dude, it's um, just the truth. I, I think if you're a real hockey fan and I know so many of you guys are on the other side of the world or the other side of North America and you guys are three hours behind and blah, blah, blah. And you guys only got to watch highlights, bro. Come on, man. If we're talking about lines, We've been blessed, bro. I thought about this, too, when I was in the washroom. I'm like, yo, dude, has St. Louis really ha ever had, like, one of the best lines in hockey? Has Calgary had one of the best lines in hockey? You know what I'm saying? Like, you go down the list. Has Toronto ever had, you know, like, maybe recently with Marner and Matthew. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's we've had two of them in the last 15 to 16 years. And I think we're going to get to this on the other side, possibly. But can Pedersen be part of one of the greatest lines in Canucks history? I think he has to be. I think he has yeah. to be. I did have another question, but I it, it slipped my mind, man. It was it was a good okay. question. Maybe they'll come you'll, back. You'll to me after break. Yeah, you'll have you'll have time to figure it out after yeah. break. Okay. So on the other side, we're gonna talk about fish around and see if we can come up with some of the other great lines in Canucks history. Again, nothing compares to the West Coast Express and the Sabine twins. Uh, but what other great lines uh, can we talk about in terms of the Vancouver Canucks? But first, I got to shout out Bird Dogs, okay? You know, Kyle, you and I are getting older, grumpier, crustier. And that's why, you know, to keep keep us feeling young and fresh and sexy, we got to slap on some Bird Dogs apparel, okay? You know, my track pants came in the mail. I get that free white tech hat. And now my wife won't let me leave the house unless I keep my Bird Dogs at home. She'd rather Whoa. go inside my boxers, man, because you know what? Showing off my, my skinny legs, you know, that's uh, not as attractive as me walking out the door with some bird dogs track pants, okay? And you know what? I'm a sweaty guy, and I got to say bird dogs. They use that anti-stick sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Plus, with the shorts, now they got built-in boxers, man. Come on. It's like you're walking around commando, but not really, okay? It's the perfect balance. So make sure that you go to birddogs.com slash NHL or enter promo code NHL for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash NHL or promo code NHL for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise ya. By the way, before we get back to the show, I got to remind you again that every episode of Locked on Canucks will be available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcatcher at 4.20 p.m. for no reason at all. Again, every episode of Locked on Canucks at 4.20 p.m. for no reason at all. Let's get back to the show. Okay, okay. We back. Locked on Canucks. Your team every day. Sort of, kind of, not really. In the summer, well, in August. Three episodes per week. You never know. Depending on how I feel, maybe I'll hit you with one tomorrow. Okay, for real. You never know. Because I care about you. I really do. And Trevor Beggs does as well. And, you know, Beggsy, we're blessed, man. We're blessed. I, I always say that, you know, to be living on this side of the world and at the age of 30, still being able to find a way to have this opportunity to, again, talk to the city, talk to the talk to the fans of this team, I feel as if we've made it. And, you know, yesterday when, you know, you and I were together in the flesh, you asked me a question. You said, yo, Kyle, uh, would you say you, you've had a good life in the first 30 years of your life? And I answered yes. And 90% of that reason was not because of my dog, not because I got the best parents in the world, not because of you, not because of my girl, not because of my homies, my colleagues, who are also my brothers for life. It's because of the the viewers here on Lockdown Canucks, okay? For real. Oh, wow. For there real, man. Go. 
Come on, man. It's all about the people. They have us living the dream. Now, speaking of the dream, and we'll move on from the West Coast Express and the Sedines and the blah, 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 and the, and the verses and which line would you rather have? We will. But first, I got to say, what if? What if? Because we weren't that far away from Henrik and Daniel being like 70 to 80 point guys at the time when Bertuzzi, Naslin, and Morrison were doing their thing. I think we're like, what, maybe two years away from that? Three years away from that? I know theoretically that's like a thousand plus days, but you never know. What if, right? What if Henrik and Daniel were able to produce at a 60 to 80 point clip consistently while the West Coast Express was doing their thing? You know, it's it's one of those things you got to think about if you're a Canuck fan in an alternate universe because we're probably getting past the second round for sure, <laughs> 100%. I mean, you'd like to think so. Yeah, that, that lockout really robbed us of uh, of what could have been. And, and obviously the Bertuzzi-Moore incident, you know, that's another crazy what if that never happens. Like, does the West Coast Express stay together? Does Bertuzzi stay a Canuck for life? You know, I mean, there's so many so many different rabbit holes you can go down. And I think Bertuzzi kind of mentioned on that West Coast Express podcast that he wishes he stuck it out and that kind of the West Coast Express and the Sedins are kind of battling each other for power play time and being out there in the last minute of the game. So uh, it was, yeah. it's a crazy what-if scenario, man. Uh, who knows if it would have led to cups or not, but it would have been a lot of fun at the very least. Now, yeah, Kyle, I, I don't know. When I think about the other great lines in Canucks history, uh, I think great comes in quotation marks. Uh, it's yeah. <laughs> just nothing compares to the West Coast Express and Sedins, but uh, I did pull up an old article from Daily Hive, you know, show the Daily Hive, my other uh, Canucks employer, and they wrote an article like, oh, uh, six years ago now, but the four best lines in Canucks history. Um, I'm, I don't even, I'm not, do we, do we pull Trevor's trivia out? I, I don't know if you're going to be able to name the other two, but we'll, we'll, we'll try it out. Okay. We'll try it. Trevor's trivia starts now. According to Daily Hive, there's, the four best lines of Canucks history. We've talked about two of them. Who are the other two? Any idea? I think like one easy answer is probably, and I don't know who was centering this line, but like whatever line McGillney and Burry were on, I'm assuming. Uh, I, cause McGillney was not just here for such a short period of time. So I'll tell you one of the lines yeah. is Greg, Greg Adams, Trevor Linden and Pavel Bure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this piece kind of mentions that, you know, they weren't kept together as religiously as other uh, Canucks lines, but they were a big line for the Canucks in the 94 Stanley Cup run. So um, the last line is from the 82 run. So I'm not, I'm not sure if you're going to get this, but at least I'm there's not. a hint for you. I'm not. Uh, Just say it, dude. It's Kurt Fraser, Thomas Gradeen, and Stan Smeal. So this line apparently had some longevity. Wow. They were formed. Uh, they were called the uh, the young, the kid line in 1978. But they kind of remained together during that 82 runs. So they had, you know, a good stretch of five years together with some success in quotations because the Canucks weren't making much noise aside from that. So uh, mm-hmm. apparently those are the other two great lines of Canucks history. I got really another interesting one. thing with uh, sorry, what's that? I said I got another one. Okay, let's but hear I'm it. gonna let you I'm gonna let you finish your you know tidbit on, on that 82 okay. line. Okay. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say so Daily Hive had a poll like which are the best Canucks lines in or lines in Canucks history. Uh, Fraser Gradeen Smeal got 1.6%. No surprise. <laughs> uh, Greg Adams, Trevor Lynn, and Pablo Bure, 13.9%. And then Nazel Morrison Bertuzzi coming in second at 42.21%. Sadine Sadine Burroughs ahead at 42.24%. Whoa. So pretty much a deadlock between Sadine and Burroughs and the West Coast Express. 
And I can see why, like we talked about, right? It's longevity versus who you take in that one game. And I think for me, it's longevity, Sedin's one game, West Coast Express. I definitely think, and we're talking about the Vancouver Canucks, okay? The the history book is is short, even though they've been around for a very, 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 very long time. One of the best lines in Canucks history was the lotto line. Yeah, it had to be. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought about this too. I think lotto line, they were so dominant that one season. Mm-hmm. And the other one that popped up or stood out for me was Sadine Zidane and Carter. I mean, that line was electric for a year as well. So it's yeah. hard to classify them as like, you know, all-time great lines when it was one season. But I, I think both those lines fall into similar categories. I think we we have to mention this because it's been such a theme of the show. And I feel as if my heart is warming up to it. And obviously, Bagsy's already made his decision. There's that like 5% chance that there could be something exponential offensively if Besser actually calls that first line his home as well with Kuzmenko and Patterson because I I know it was only one year, but again, watch the clip, the Dmitry Filipovich clip that he cut up about Kuzmenko and Patterson. The chemistry's real, and it's going to get better because both players are going to get better, and they're intelligent, and they've already had 80-plus games together. Yeah, you know, maybe the Mikheyevs and the Beauvillier, uh, those type of players complement uh, what – they got to do and can help them continue to do what they do. But I think there is that small chance because of you that Besser can be added to that line and it can be one of, if not the best offensive line in hockey. And maybe one of the best offensive lines in Canucks history, baby. Let's go. Not saying much, not saying much. I mean, again, (laughs) if Pedersen is going to be one of the greatest Canucks of all time and we want him to be here for a long time, yeah, he's going to have to put himself in that conversation. And that's, again, not rocket science. I did hear from Rick Dollywall uh, today or yesterday, courtesy of Sakaris and Price, that he like, he thinks that Pedersen and the Canucks may not agree on a deal this offseason because the Canucks may want to see if he can do this again. And they want to see that's crazy. If, they want to Who see if the that? cap Dollywall? I, again, Dolly wall. Again, there's a lot of things going on. Just, just go let, watch that interview with us. Uh, Dolly wall and uh, a and no, it was actually price and J- Jeff Patterson, but it, that, that kind of surprised me as well. But I, I don't think that's the truth. I don't think they want to the only person or the only side that would want something like that happening may be Patterson, but the Canucks definitely don't want that. Kyle, you just ruined my day with this news, man. We need to we need to refresh, recharge. Uh, on the other side, comment corner. Hopefully, uh, there's some better <laughs> Pedersen takes there. Or maybe we just won't talk about uh, things that piss me off. Okay, but coming up next, comment corner here. I'm locked on Canucks. Okay, okay. We back, baby. Trevor Bags, Kyle Bowen, locked on Canucks. Hit us with the like button, subscribe, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcast. Man, oh man, September again coming up. Full-time Canuck podcaster life really coming up. And I know we lived that life from March to the end of July, but come on. We weren't talking about anything. We've been assuming for months straight. Like, can we get a round of applause? For real. For real. Uh, Another one? Because we've played the assumption game. Uh, We've used our imaginations for so long here. I cannot wait to just talk about hockey hockey games. And I, I'm so hopeful that this team will be like at 700, you know, through 
30 games or not, not 700, maybe like 650 through 30 games. And we'll be in the hunt and we can continue to just talk about the games and not assume, right? <laughs> Cause it's boring, dude. It's boring. Now, before we get to comment corner, I got to ask Begsy because he's kind of like a bachelor right now. Uh, so, so how's the, uh, how's the home looking, man? Have you cleaned it up? You said you still had stuff in your car from your trip last weekend. <laughs> like, dude, get your stuff together, man. You're a 30 year old man now. Okay. Oh, uh, you know what? The house is looking better from when my wife and kids left. Like just, it was, it felt chaotic. Cause you know, last week I, I dropped my wife and kids at the airport. I go straight to work, super long day. I come home. I like quickly pack for Prince George and I'm gone again. So the house is still like a pigsty from like packing up with the kids and stuff. So I come back from Prince George this week and honestly, it was like stressing me out a bit. I, I don't know. Yeah. In, in some ways I'm like, uh, I, I like to keep things in order a bit at my home. I'm not like, I don't really live like a pig usually. Yeah. There's some, there's some laundry. There's a pile of laundry and stuff like that, but it's, my house is looking cleaner now than it did, you know, a week ago when I was a bachelor. <laughs> there you go, man. Nothing more entertaining than this type of conversation on a hockey podcast. But <laughs> hey man, it matters, you know, Begsy and I, you know, we've been friends for a very long time and Yo, sometimes all the talking we do in our day-to-day is about the Canucks. So I got to squeeze in that personal question because friendships matter. Okay, if you're listening to this, check up on your friends. For real, for real, for real. Hey, speaking of your friends, you and I, yes, the listener, the viewer, and I, we're friends, okay? And we got to do this, the best segment on the show, Comment Corner. Welcome to Comment Corner. Powered by paraphrasing. This comment comes from a person who may be a cat. I think fighting would be way cooler they kept their gloves and helmets on all the time. It's entertaining, it's safe, and even more entertaining. Okay, this is, I don't know if interesting's the right word, because I know it's never going to happen. And if you really do kind of think about it, maybe I lied, because we do see a lot of this anyways, like a lot of face washing, or you know what I'm saying with the gloves in the hand and all that jazz. But yeah, fighting, man, just... uh. I feel as if people are still 50-50 about it. And we I know we've had a very passionate conversation uh, about fighting throughout the last couple of episodes, I guess, passionate conversations. And I feel as if the more and more I've talked about it this week, the more and more I'm like cemented in my stance. Because uh, again, I just don't think it's going away. I think hockey players, like real ones, not hockey assumers like us, they understand that as well. And they want it to be a part of the game. And if that's the case, I just want the league to kind of lean into it just to differentiate itself and and grow. I, I know, it's aggressive, man. This is coming from somebody who's never been in a fight. I, I think this is the better question, okay? Trevor, maybe I've asked you this before, but ha- have you ever gotten your ass kicked in a fight? Uh, no, I've never had, I've never just absolutely had the crap kicked out of me. Uh, I, I did lose one fight. So back when I was a teenager, we used to do like, uh, what's called drunken hill fights. And so just a bunch of guys, you know, just wrestling mm. on a hill basically. So I, I wanted to go fight this one guy and he basically like went like he was going to punch me in the face and then need me in the balls. And like, from that point on, I was, I was weakened. Right. So he was all over me. So that was probably the worst fight Ooh. I've uh, been a part of. Um, yeah, no, I've, I, I've been in some fights. I've been on the losing end, but I've never really had absolutely had my, my ass kicked to be honest with you. Dude, come on, man. I've said it so many times, bro. If I'm ever in a fight, do or die situation, I'm kicking that person in the, 
and the balls. I'm doing it, man. It's not like the cameras are watching and I'm a professional fighter and I got a reputation. I got to survive, man. That's my reputation, to breathe another day. So if you're getting into a fight with me <laughs> and I'm squaring up like I'm about to punch you in the face, you best believe I'm kicking you in the dick. For real, man. And yesterday, oh, man, last memories. note, okay? This is this has gone on a personal note for the last like seven minutes of this show. Hey, Kyle Bowen, Trevor Beggs, Locked on Canucks. I thought about this, okay? I re remember when I was like, yo, my girl wants to wants me to give her massages and she's always in pain. She's always getting injured. And I'm always like, yo, dude, I'm not, I'm tired. You know, I, I'm a hockey podcaster. Like, what do you, what do you think? You know, <laughs> I think I'm also, I, I'm just stronger. You know, I went to therapy, you know, I went to therapy. I got through, through my uh, insecurities, dude, girl, if you need a strong man to massage you and I'm not doing it, go to a, a trained massage therapist. All right. And wow. I'm I'm totally cool with it. I'm not gonna just don't 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 tell me his name. Don't send me no pics. Don't send me his profile on the on the website, you know? But if you need a strong man, you know, squeezing you professionally, I think I'm okay with it. Okay, yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm sure my wife's been rubbed down by a male masseuse before, to be honest <laughs> with you. So Oh man. Okay. Let's get it's out the way of here, it goes, man. man. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You know, th this, this, uh, this show took a turn when you started, when you mentioned to me that the Canucks want to wait and see what Pedersen does this year. That's what, that's what the show dude, turned, man. Unbelievable. Dude, am I paraphrasing Rick Dollywall's comments? I don't think so, man. He says a lot of things. He likes to talk, you know, he's, he's entertaining. He no, does his and, thing. He does the he's, work. He's a historian. He, he's locked in, yeah. you know, he's locked in more than anyone. And I was like, okay, interesting, interesting. Interesting yeah, the stuff. agents are also in his ear, and that sounds like someone an agent would say. Ooh. But I digress because it doesn't matter. Pedersen will sign here for at eight years at some point, and he's going to leave Vancouver Canucks to a Stanley Cup. That's the optimistic way to end the show. So, okay, we got to get out of here. Shout out to the everydayers, the occasional listeners. And if this is your first time listening, welcome to the program. Make sure you let us know what is the best line of Canucks history. Are you West Coast Express? Are you Sedin Twins? Or are you Kurt Fraser, Stan Smeal, and Thomas Gredeen? Okay. <laughs> Uh, coming up on the program. So I, I hopped on the Locked on Sharks podcast uh, and answered all things Canucks. We're going to post that on our feed as well. Kyle, maybe you got a solo uh, episode of Comment Corner coming up. And aside from that, I went through the rest of the ideas on the list yesterday. One thing that uh, I might look to do uh, here in August is ranking all the Canucks drafts in the 2010s, okay? Whoa. Even 2019, we've got some time to, uh, to dig in, sink our teeth into that one. So stay tuned for that coming up on the Lockdown Canucks Podcast Network. But for now, I'm Trevor Banks, and that guy's Cal Bowen, and you've been listening to Lockdown Canucks.